Welcome back to the Exchange by Evolution, a melting pot of ideas and inspiration shared by some of the most successful tech leaders. I'm Diana and I help connect businesses with tech talent, and today I'm your host. In today's episode, we'll be discussing on the topic data literacy, the importance of data fluency for all employees. Joining me for the session is Arpit Maheshwari from Microsoft and Thomas Allen from RSK Center of Sustainability of Excellence. Before we get into introductions, just a quick disclaimer. Um, just a disclaimer before we get into the discussion, all thoughts and views spoken by any of the speakers or myself are only representative of each individual and not that of their company. Um, now that we've gotten that out of the way, gentlemen, would you like to introduce yourselves? Perhaps um, Tommy can go first. Thank you. Uh, so I'm Thomas Allen. I'm the head of digital water for RSK. Uh, we're a international consultancy focused on construction and environmental services. Um, my particular specialty is on the water industry. So helping water utilities become more efficient by using digital technology. That's great. Uh, my name is Erbit. I'm a senior cloud solutions architect for data and AI Microsoft in Singapore. Uh, I've been working here for almost one year now. And uh, prior to that, I have been working in data industry, data driven, data related industries, uh, doing work like data warehousing, data engineering across clouds, public clouds, on prem since um, 12 years now. So that is my tenure with Data Lake. Okay. Yeah, very impressive. And I think it'll be interesting to see the thoughts and insights that both of you will bring into this podcast. So, uh, yeah, let's jump right into the first question, which is, you know, what is data literacy and why is it so important? Um, Apet, would you like to go first? Sure. Uh, I think this is the fundamental thing uh, which every person in every organization should be aware and educated about. Uh, we know things are getting overwhelming, complicated with the uh, advent of OpenAI, GPT, and things like that, right? So people are wondering, how do they exactly get started off with these stuff, right? So it is equally or perhaps more important for people to understand the fundamentals, um, either as a user or as an integrator. Uh, for example, I can give you an anecdote uh, from one of my previous organizations um, when I was working before. Um, Microsoft Singapore. Uh, I had joined over there as a data architect back then, and we we had a and if this company was of course you cannot compare that with the scale of Microsoft or bigger organizations. It was a smaller company, which was good for me in the sense that I was working with other stakeholders closely. Uh, so our CPO had back then created a smaller group for designers, the engineering team, and the product. So this was called as DEP. So um, when, I was, when I had joined this company as a data architect back then, my stakeholders and particularly from the design team, they would ask me, hey, and, uh, I know you've joined as a data architect and it has been around like two, three months now. We didn't get a chance or uh, an opportunity to have any overlap. Uh, but, but what exactly do you do? And you have just joined and before that, before you join, we already have, um, we still have a data scientist and a data analyst. So what exactly do you guys do? Uh, and I'm, I'm curious about that. So that struck me uh, hard because previously I didn't work in a kind of a setup where I had non-technical or non-data uh, proficient people around me. So that really got me thinking about, yeah, people in 
every organization should be at least aware of what data people do and what it exactly means for them. And interestingly, I was uh, reading an article on LinkedIn back then, which is relevant for this conversation over here. So a person, uh, a renowned person had written, intuition drives ideas, data drives decision. So I didn't say the same thing to her, but uh, I tried to explain her how we uh, as a team could be of value to what you're doing and not just your team, but perhaps we are the guys who would try to empower all the lines of business, be it finance, be it marketing, be it sales, product, any of the design team. Uh, so I gave her an example. So you guys do your designing and I'm seeing that currently you do a lot of polling, right? So so you send across your polls and options on a communicator. Hey, which of these design looks good? Do you think it would get more clicks? This would work out. Uh, this is more driven from intuition. People could have their own biases because that's internal company communication, right? So this is something that you do, but why don't we scale it out and roll it out to a bigger audience? We might have lesser biases. And then the way how you would be able to do it, if you would understand like what all data would be relevant for you to make decisions as I said, right? So data would help you to drive decisions. So this was my experience from uh, this company back then, which I tried my most to help her understand on what data literacy means. And then subsequently other related things like data democratization or data quality, which are like subsequent chapters. But this was my uh, anecdote about data literacy, which I hopefully, uh, I hope this helped her uh, in understanding what data literacy is about. Yeah, interesting that, you know, sounds like you're the first person that she asked all these questions to. But um, okay, uh, Tom, do you have any similar experience to that? Or... Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So similar kind of experience. And, you know, we, we used to have the, the mantra of data, information, insight, action. And I think that the, when we initially started that, it was a debate about where's the handover point between the IT team and the business? Like, is it on the insight and action? And IT just deals with the data and information. But actually, I think over time now, people have gotten more exposure to the raw data. And that's really helpful for IT to allow people to see that little data as well and allow them to apply their own you know, data quality um, logic, as you, as you mentioned. Um, it's not always <laughs> great. You know, there are sometimes challenges of maybe people running off in one direction or the other with their own data sets. Um, but yeah, I'm a firm believer in kind of the uh, data democratization. So it's a big bang for sure. Okay. okay. And, and, you know, you guys mentioned about how there's access to raw data in your experience. And this person that you spoke to, she didn't really know anything about data. So how, I guess, how do people that are non-technical, how would you suggest to them? How do you approach, how do you approach this data? Now that, you know, they have a bit of knowledge about data and they are having access to their raw data. So I can give my example uh, and again, this would come from my previous experiences before joining Microsoft. And Microsoft, yeah, perhaps it's a big company. And uh, like, so I would talk about other experiences which were more closely related to the other lines of business back then. So once uh, this got to and I had some impact 
on helping people understand the importance of data when data literacy was the dude so then obviously the next question which was asked to me okay all good now we have the same what you do what the data engineers do what the data scientists do what the data analysts do and then perhaps they realize that perhaps for them uh their stakeholders could be more of data analysts and data scientists back then because then they were able to differentiate okay this is what data analysts do so they would help them to visualize data in a more readable understandable comprehensible manner so that was the first thing which they understood okay that there are dashboards relevant for them to understand how their designs were making an impact and certain metrics so second thing or the next stage of data literacy was understanding about metrics what metrics are relevant for them uh for example there are so if you are making uh, a product and app so you understand that ctr click through rate impressions clicks are some of the basic uh, metrics which you should be aware of so as a designer uh, i spoke and i asked hey, what do you think uh, are these metrics relevant for you you think like tracking and monitoring these metrics would help you uh, have a bigger impact on what you're doing so that was the next step and when this was settled and events was understood and aligned on uh they closely worked with some of the data analysts previously on analysts used to create uh dashboards and visualizations to other teams uh pms yes product managers yes but then uh, we had more stakeholders coming in more ideas evolving around how particular data could be uh tweet i wouldn't say tweet but rather look from different angles from designers eyes but that was the next the other step and then in the process the designers suggested some other metrics which definitely we not being the domain expert uh, about design uh, spoke to us about so that was the next step that they actually helped uh, to make our data uh consumable from different uh point of view or different different uh, eyesights so that was the the next stage which really helped us to uh, i wouldn't say to achieve data the fluency level but at the next stage level after the data industry was done it's that collaboration yeah and exactly it's between the technical resource and the domain expert excellence i've seen it so many times where a data scientist or like producer a really good looking dashboard really good looking book yeah. and and the domain expert looks take one look at it So, and, and the scale on the axis is completely wrong. There's a massive anomaly in the data, and the data says, "It's like no, it's not. Like at its core, it was it was wrong. It was bad data in there, but they just didn't understand the context." So, absolutely, absolutely. So, speaking of that, and also I think you had uh, mentioned previously. So, when this was done, and people were excited about learning and utilizing and consuming data, uh, they had some of the data which was not. coming from a centralized data warehouse they had other sources on doing their data visualizations for example there are many uh, tracking tools uh, in which you can do your p2p b2c analytics on how how your marketing campaigns are doing things like that uh, or perhaps yeah some of the metrics and then at the later stage when our data engineers would clean up the data and would be transformed uh, data quality would come into picture then we also used to have those ambiguities if you are seeing these numbers why don't match it's your numbers coming from data and I'm saying that's why I said that size is a challenge because I mean we're we're a Microsoft customer which wasn't planning coming 
about the the use of Power BI. There's actually a previous company where you know they rolled out Power BI, you know, dashboarding capability to, to everyone in the business. And the the challenge I had was that people were building these pretty good looking dashboards based on data, but it was data stored in an Excel sheet stored locally. We were trying to build a integrated automated data platform, and you know when the management looked. Hey, like these guys have got a dashboard and you haven't, like they're so far ahead of you. And it's like, no, no, it's just the, an Excel sheet that's good made to look pretty. Absolutely. So, so the kind of, yeah, democratization of those data and people giving, giving access to you know, those kind of tools to people is, is really powerful, but we have to kind of make sure that everyone's talking from the same source as well. That's absolutely the main thing. Absolutely. And then what related thing uh, on that example, and which is the other way around. Uh, many a times I've seen in my previous companies and organizations is that uh, when they are given like like at least good dashboard, which what we think would be relevant for them, so people do the other way around as well. So they would export the data to Excel, uh, they would analytics together using that. So the that's other way around as well. Okay, okay, very interesting to see. Um, I think sometimes it's not like it is like an aesthetic thing. Like, okay, this dashboard looks pretty good. Oh, no, it looks it looks fancy. Like, and, and it gets the attention of management. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, how do you then, um, you know, sort of promote data literacy among data? Like, how do you get them to use it correctly? Or you know, are there any consequences when you know they lack the data literacy skills? Yeah, I think from my then like. You know, everyone knows this now. Data is collected and pretty much every activity you do in life, whether you like it or not, is, is data everywhere. And in, in my old role, when I looked after IT systems and data, there would be project steering board every month and they go, right, what are all the projects we need to involve Tom with that are related to IT and data? And it's every project. So it's like I got involved with every project and, and I couldn't escape it. Like, okay, you guys need to learn the basics because otherwise you rely on, you know, a single point. IT specialism or data specialism when actually everyone everyone answered. So so same thing. So when I was head of data uh, with Joe, one of my biggest automation before joining Microsoft. Uh, so the next challenge for me was to help build a data uh, driven or rather rather to create this data driven culture over there over there. Uh, and so while these were certain uh good or bad i mean uh, that was a challenging time because once the people had the basic understanding around data so we obviously got more requests from the stakeholders with the limited team members and limited capacity so that was again an interesting topic to cover but yeah once that was done i think it was a good problem to solve uh, people at least were aware about okay there are there's a team that this data team was there which can actually help them and consuming some of the data which previously they were not aware of could be of use to them or perhaps if they were seen some numbers on some of the tracking dashboards like mixed balance or you name it which didn't match with some of the dashboards which we gave to them afterwards and it was really an insightful and healthy conversation later so to be the domain expert people would tell the data engineers or the data team said okay hey see I feel you might have missed out some business logic over there uh, and then also the vice versa in this regards would be okay, uh, I understand. And also the factor why your numbers aren't matching with what we are giving to you could be because of the data quality measures, how good or bad the data is. 
so which is the next step for them to understand that yeah not all data could be good or is ready to be consumed or trusted okay okay so um you mentioned about tools right and you know how can everybody approach the data i guess in a more uniformed way because you know there's different teams approaching and using this data the ones that are more technically inclined and the ones that are the domain experts so what are some tools or how do you go about selecting the appropriate tools for this situation that we have here and, and you know like to say <laughs> interestingly i wouldn't say that tool plays an important role over here it's more about the process so i'll explain what i mean over here is that uh, so we had a team of about 3 to 4 data engineers and then uh, how, how i as a head of data had organized my team was that i had created a centralized team to help create this data platform first and then we had the respective data engineers aligned to a particular line of business so having said that these data engineers of course they understand each other they talk the sql language they speak sql python uh, in and out right and the data engineers were aligned to business they were working in sprint together with the business stakeholders so they were working in silos and okay we have built something up at the last and hey i'll can just see and start consuming it all so so i think uh, that wasn't the way mauve did it last time so right from the scratch uh, right from the beginning once the basic fundamentals have been set up uh, by your data platform d your respective data engineer data analyst and perhaps data planner as well it would be great idea if they can be aligned and work closely uh, with your business team before they roll out any product or any solution so yeah it and and again tools as secondary one yeah doesn't really matter which tool you are consuming i mean right now most of the tools have similar 80 to 90% of the capacity so that's not really a deal breaker the deal breaking thing would be to have right processes in place to achieve what you really want to do and not being what i think yeah absolutely um those those foundations are key i mean well, like a single source of truth when it comes to the data and and um, if that's presented to everyone in a very structured and accessible way actually we don't like from my perspective don't mind how people access that data you know we had you know some teams querying the database directly themselves using you know sql or something like that and it's like well this isn't data literacy is not about offering a sql training course to everyone in the organization because it's not relevant yeah. so you do have some people that know about but other people want to like say connect power bi to it or you know you can't even connect excel to it if you want to like if people are so used to that connection and that way to interpret and visualize data then then we should be able to give them that access to it what was really important it didn't matter whether you would be executive checking your dashboard or the data scientists running your queries like you all running from that same source data now so it was really important to us um, and and the reason we took a perp- that approach um not only for the benefits of the the wider team but simply internally we didn't have the capacity to fulfill everyone's request very quickly it was much quicker for us to say we'll give you access to this table that you that you need you you can do all the visualizations yourself all the interpretations okay so you know me right so what i and also have a related experience or many of said that so once we had uh, once i saw that these stakeholders had 
good level of understanding, decent level of understanding for them to uh, self-serve themselves. This was the exact thing which we rolled out with the latest speech to promote data uh, democratization. That hey, uh, we will try to give you a, a basic dashboard with correct and accurate data for you to consume. And once this is settled, you can tweak around, twist around, and build relevant dashboards uh, for you by yourself, so which can help you scale up uh, as a company as well. So. Yeah, sounds like you know, data literacy is important in helping uh, people in different teams in their decision making as well, right? So, um, how I guess can organizations because it sounds like you know for your from your experience that data is quite accessible um, to all employees, but not every organization is like that, right? There are some that you know encounter a bit more of like a uh, like you know maybe it's a private or some security information involved. So, uh, how? I guess, do you make sure that data is accessible to all employees regardless of their role or department? And yeah. Okay. So this particular uh, thing uh, is called as data governance. And this is one of the topics which is close to my heart as well. Because yeah. uh, I worked in a data uh, security program development company before. And uh, so I can relate to some of my experience from, from the data governance point of view. Because uh, I have a couple of incidents or rather a couple of experience building data warehouse from scratch, right? So having said that data governance is one of the uh, another critical factor for you to create your data warehouse because you know, you have to serve multiple lines of business, finance, sales, marketing, and not all data could be directly consumed by other departments. For example, finance may have some really sensitive data, which might not be relevant to marketing or sales teams, right? So, uh, once you have the fundamental set, once you have the um, centralized data warehouse set, let's say, if, if that suits you, uh, you have a centralized data warehouse. So then uh, you would start to incorporate some data governance measures. So for examples, you could have some critical columns or numbers, uh, which are relevant to uh, finance. And you may not want the other stakeholders from marketing perhaps to have access to those columns. So there are techniques wherein you can perhaps just mask that data or perhaps just create a view on top of your tables to not make that data visible to your other departments. So data privacy and data governance would actually be another element of your data results uh, once you have the key fundamentals set out. So then different techniques, uh, you have uh, data security so you can implement encryption, tokenization, masking, or you can also restrict some of the sensitive uh, fields or columns at row level or at column level to relevant uh, departments. So, but the, the, the key for success over here is that your centralized team and your business data engineers should be working closely with each other. And also these engineers, the business data engineers should be working closely with your business stakeholders as well. Absolutely. Yeah, I completely agree with the, the approaches that you've, you've mentioned and, you know, a few techniques on how to do that. Do you restrict the, the full data itself by column by row or do we create that effectively a transformed copy of that data into a new table that is maybe aggregated or less sensitive? And that's um, some of the techniques that we used as well because uh, it kind of took the load off um, the heavy compute 
in order to get to that first step that everyone would have to go through anyway. So it's like, okay, we've, we've kind of taken the easy, the, so we've removed that hard step for you. And then right. you've got the easy step of just accessing the data. So, um, yeah, there's been some good technique change. Okay, cool. And, um, I guess, do you have any tips for people who are perhaps not traditionally trained in data to sort of develop this data literacy? Yeah, because I know the, the lady you mentioned earlier, she asked you directly, um, is it about communicating with your data teams directly or is it, you know, with perhaps just reading up on articles or like what what is it? How did... Yeah, I, d- I think we need to be aware of people do have day jobs and, yes. and you know, exactly. asking like a water engineer to go and read an article, yeah. and, you know, data governance, you know, but never enough time for that. And I, I think it's about making it relatable and I think there's a... To be honest, I, I've seen it as a slight degree of maybe arrogance with like an IT um, perspective coming into operational processes, where it's like, ah, oh, we're the data experts, we know how to do this. But, you know, a lot of processes, particularly in, you know, my field of water operations, there's, there's been SCADA equipment, which is um, basically operation technology, you know, monitoring, pump-ups, monitoring sensors. People, people know about data, they know about um, how to interpret how the site is performing based on dashboards but it's about how do we move them forward into this like next generation of technology i don't go in and, and lecture them it's more about yeah you guys are the experts and, and they really are they, they understand what they're looking at it's about giving them the foundations to take it really to the next level and automating any of their main points that they yeah really don't add a lot of value in you know processing or, or cleaning up data that could just be scheduled automated um, so I think storytelling, uh, in my view, is really relevant in this regard, right? So example, uh, if you would have a domain expert data engineer, perhaps with an expert for marketing, uh, they understand perhaps how different marketing products like Salesforce or different uh, other, other other products work, what are campaigns which are they learned for an e-commerce company, let's say if the data engineer would have some experience around that. So I think the fundamentals are set already and then in collaboration with other data analysts perhaps should be really sound in how that particular business works. So I think they can build up uh, the fundamentals in the interest for your non-technical data experts in a way that okay they can start with something let's say for your design or for your marketing team in this regards and do some kind of a small storytelling. Hey, do you know we have just interestingly find find out that if you would if you would do this kind of a campaign at this hour for this particular cohort of users, you might see some interesting results. Because as per the trends, what we have seen is that at this particular hour or this particular cohort, we really get a good response. So my point over here is that. If you would start off with some kind of storytelling to your business stakeholders who are not technical, then this would definitely grab their attention. And once this is done, then yeah, so I think this this guy has the notice of it. Okay. Yeah. The storytelling that's that's an interesting one. I mean, we hear a lot about it happening right now with like the data analyst teams. And I think um going back right to to the challenges when when organizations face how do you improve the i guess the data literacy across the organization yeah 
are there other ways to do that or is it like is it on the owners of the person because you mentioned that people are gay jobs they're busy so absolutely yeah uh i can give uh, an example of uh, what we were doing and i had unfortunately i had support of uh, my bosses in one of my previous organizations so we had this culture of sharing uh, monthly data i mean not not the raw data but sharing monthly numbers in the form of dashboards by each and every department so finance marketing sales they would have their numbers um, or their results shared on a monthly basis so which was a great thing uh, which we uh, as a company learned what all different departments did and what results they had and back then we didn't had any uh, thing done by the data team back then so this was the opportunity or this stage for us to make an impact uh, at the organization level so fortunately that was the case with my company being a smaller company it was still possible scalable and doable in that regards so having that stage in and doing some kind of storytelling each quarter let's say with this focus on finance for this particular quarter or marketing for this particular quarter and having uh to present that at the organization level uh, in that forum really made an impact uh, at the organization level but again this might not be a right technique if you are a big company you have thousands of employees of new set so you might need different tips uh, um tips and tricks over there welcome to us so the thing you, you can't change what you don't measure yeah. you know being able to kind of present that back and make it really relevant i think to the people who are influencing those metrics so that they can see their continual feedback loop and i think that's how you, you bring it to life as exactly what you said is uh, you know playing it back as a, as a story but making it better yeah do you think there's like a layer of try to sell the idea of data to non-data professionals like telling them if you use this and with the help of these like weekly discussions and everything people get to see like oh this is how data is improving our our sales or our revenue is that is that is that a bit of that kind of opinion going around sometimes so do you hear I, I don't I, I don't know I don't I don't really believe there are like not data people out <laughs> I think I think it's about how they um interact with um the kind of the latest stages of data 99% people have smartphones interacting with apps and those apps are collecting data and they're interacting with data constantly but you don't see it and I mean maybe that's like part of the story is like you're, you're not trying to you know scare people off with horrible queries and tables and infrastructure so it's just about making it consumable like they it's almost a technique of you don't want them to think they are becoming data people they're yeah. just using the data that I see exactly Oh, um, I bet you have anything to add on. Um, no, mostly I'm, I'm, I had similar experiences to what, what Tom said. Um, yeah, I'll, I, I'm not collecting any recent example, but mostly in terms of what I feel is similar to what Tom said on the circus. Okay, cool. And now with like you mentioned smartphones. People are collecting data right now. There's this course, ChatGPT, OpenAI, everyone is using it. Is there um, any, I guess, miscommunication or expectations when it comes to the data team with what, you know, they're like, this is data, no, I, I know data. 
And all the stress on the audience nowadays. I think the bonds have now, <laughs> uh, you know, interestingly, now the bars are a bit higher with the advent of these tools and technologies. And now I think uh, with the integration of these AI capabilities in your traditional tools, uh, you can now uh, build up something really interesting which you didn't thought of doing that before, right? So for example, if the domain experts, uh, so they can get some recommendations with these AI tools to perhaps view their data of, of what they did in the, that particular segment in a, in a complete different way. Uh, so that is really interesting, which would be relevant for them. But again, without having this data fluency at first, okay, if you're not sure how to consume a basic dashboard or a basic visualization, you would you might not be able to get even better benefits uh, with the AI recommendations also collected in these tools. So I think this, these tools and these technologies would take your game to the next level, but you'd still you'd still be required to have the basic and the fundamentals before you can you know you are ready to propel the rocketos. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm glad you mentioned it as like a tool and like an asset because. Yeah, we have that debate internally as well around using um, AI to, you know, write code and, oh, okay, well, does that make developers redundant? It's scientists redundant. That's just reading over there. Yeah. And, um, but I mean, you know, if, you, if you compare it to, say, like, you know, something very simple like the app and the, of Google and being able to go onto a forum and copy and paste someone else's code from, from Stack Overflow and then putting it in your own code. It's like, you, you, you're kind of already using it to all and using um, built-up knowledge from other people. So, you know, I see the kind of AI tools as being in the next stage of that really. And, um, I think the difficulty will be is it's still based on what's already been done. And, and, and if we talk about innovations and creativities, like I'm, I'm sure it will get there, but right now it's still based on the work of other people. So you're not going to leapfrog your competition by copying other people effectively. Um, but is it, I think it, they are very have tools for us to, to consider and use and if it helps people understand data i mean that that's even better for yeah, and you mentioned about power right so right i can i 100 percent agree to this word and with power comes great responsibility right so unless you're not very sure on what you're doing you could you could have like hazardous results as well so this is what it makes us even more important for people to really know what they're doing into and which arena they are yeah. getting into it's going to become more of a skill how to use the tool rather than maybe like the, the code it provides because you know we, we've experimented with a writing code and it, it's been quite hit and miss on what it should come up with and um yeah i don't think we're there yet replacing data scientists <laughs> yeah um okay i mean if we talk if we continue talking about chat gpt yeah I, I think we can go on further about so um how about we sort of wrap things up and do you have any last thoughts on like, you know, data literacy and data fluency for all employees? Um, I mean, it's not going to go away and it's, every organization is going to have to deal with it. Um, I think most organizations are already, you know, invested in it in some way and, and, you know, as long as they have a strong foundation, like I don't see there being too much of a challenge to upskill everyone to at least consume the data in the way that they want to. That self-service is, is going to be really important. Yep. 
and an advocate of uh, promoting data as a career for future uh, students as well myself. So th this is also, I mean, this is not a bad time. No time is bad time to, if you must step in and chip in into building your career in data. So having uh, fundamentals and understanding, if you are able to get some of the courses in your schools and universities, that's really a great thing. And despite having these other technologies, uh, AI, chat, GPT coming, I think data, literacy, data fluency, like you, you still have to consume data, right? Isn't that? You still have to create data. So I think at least for another five, 10 years, I still see people doing that. So it's, it is still a good time if people who want to chip into data and build their career out of data. And I don't think it's too late to, yeah. to change your, your career. Yeah. I, was, I, I studied business and economics at university and, you know, so I wasn't particularly focused on IT or data. Uh, you know, there were some statistics, but, you know, not, not in too much detail. And then moving through into a, a very business analyst IT role. Again, I wasn't particularly that close to the data. It was about strategy and processes. So it's been quite a late career change for myself as well. I think hopefully most people can make that adapt to the new world as well absolutely yeah i think uh again we can go on to talk about this for a really long if we want to but um about you know data at the end of the day technical skills are important but going into the soft skills that whole part about strategizing knowing what to do with the data that's a whole other set of skills and experience that you need so um yeah unfortunately i think that's about all the time that we have for today so um, thank you to both of our speakers for providing us with all more knowledge and insights uh, on this topic, data literacy. And thank you too to our lovely audience for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we'll see you again next time when we discuss another hot topic on the exchange by evolution. Bye!